Welcome to the Channel 17 podcast, a weekly Braves podcast with a father and son presentation brought to you by the Productive Leisure Network online, ProductiveLeisureNetwork.com, and on Twitter, at ProdLeisure. I'm your host, Will Floyd, and joining me as always, my father, Tim Floyd. Hello, Will. Glad to be here. So uh, you are on vacation in Asheville, and you have been. That's right. And that's kind of why we were not around last week. Yeah, we took the 4th of July weekend off from our podcast. I'm sorry to disappoint all of those many faithful listeners out there. Yes, but sorry to all five like of to you. I do this work for my vacation this week, so that's good. Uh, but so you might also just be in a very pleasant mood. Uh, oh, well, yes, I am. It, it, notwithstanding the Braves' dismal season, I've... Um, I'm feeling pretty mellow being in Asheville and being in the mountains. I mean, the Braves now, are yeah, break. the Braves are like a below-average team now, though. Well, obviously, they're a better team now than they were um, six weeks into the season. Um, on the other hand, I don't know if they're actually a better team. They just some of their players have played better and they've managed to um, do a few things better than they did before. But honestly, it's still pretty bad. I have less existential dread watching them. Um. I know what you mean, although the truth is, Will, we've talked about this before. I'm I'm still having trouble watching them much at all. I mean, I've been on vacation the last week, and I haven't seen any. I follow them, of course, and I listen on the radio some. But um, I've watched so much less baseball, so many fewer Braves games this year than any year. Even last year, for some reason, I kept sticking with them last year, as miserable as that was. Um, although... Once they got into the real funk in the second half, I sort of tuned out, and I've been that way this year. Not that I'm not following. Obviously, I'm following them pretty closely, but I have a hard time sitting down and watching a Braves game uh, for more than a couple of innings at a time this year. And as much as they are better than they were, it's also been fueled by guys who are one over their head and two don't matter in the long run at all. You know, that's the frustrating thing. Obviously, they're playing better. Their record's better. They've had more interesting games. I mean, to come from behind. They had a very interesting game on One day and the next day, which just happened, that's kind of exciting. But at the same time, when you're relying on people like Lucas Harold or earlier Bud Norris or, or for that matter, Chase Darno or even Gordon Beckham or... God, I can't believe I'm saying this, Jeff Francoeur to provide big hits for you. That's not what this future Braves team is all about. (laughs) As we keep saying in these podcasts, our focus tries to be on the future. We want to think about what this team's going to be like next year and two and three and four years from now. So even if they win this year with, with, you know, old retreads, they're probably going to flip at the That's just hard to get as excited about. Yeah, but... At the very least, it's sort of fun to put on the Braves, and that was not true earlier. No doubt. You were right about that. It's, it's still more fun to win than to lose. That's, that's the truth. Uh, I mean, they are losing more than they're winning, but at least the thought that they could win is a little more present yeah. now. They, they actually have a chance to not lose at this point. They still got to play pretty good baseball to keep from losing 100, but that's, that's maybe something to shoot for. They're um, they're, they're not going to be a 500 team the rest of the way, but if, you know, they could be a, I hadn't done the math lately, um, be a 450 team the rest of the way, they can probably avoid 100 losses, you know? Well, so with 88 games played, they're 30 and 58. Right. So, but so, under Snicker, they've been 21 and 30. 
Right. Obviously, at their current pace, they will lose 100. I guess if they go at Snitker's pace the rest of the way, um, well, again, I'm, I'm, I can do back-of-the-envelope math, but it'll be close. <laughs> but but 20 and 30 is a whole lot better than the pace, even better than the overall team pace, which is uh, about a 333 clip. So you are cutting in and out, but it and it's on crucial things, but then you're explaining it. I'm going to guess this is the lawyer in you making sure everyone knows what's going on multiple times. Uh, so the, there are two big pieces of news that we missed in the last two weeks. Yeah. The biggest to me is Kevin Maiton. Oh, yeah. The July 2nd International Signing Day uh, happened since we last talked. And if you care about the Braves' future, that's that's the biggest day. That was a lot bigger even than the draft. Or, or any of the earlier drafts over the last several years. Again, if if you follow that sort of thing, and in particular, Kevin Maiton, my gosh, everybody talked about him as being a generational kind of talent. I mean, the he two names... years old. Well, yeah, <laughs> but the two names that kept being floated as comparisons were Chipper Jones and Miguel Cabrera. And you don't want to necessarily count that he will end up being one of the best hitters in baseball, but you don't get those comparisons just by looking good in the uniform. Right. Now, um, I'd I, I, I take either. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, the other comparison I heard was A-Rod, um, you know, a big kid who can play shortstop and really hit. Now, I'm a switch hitter, right? And apparently he's got yeah. a really good stroke for me to side light. That's what makes him seem more like Chipper. Um, but um, it, it's awfully early, but he's... Well, and, for the last three, four years, even though he's just 16, right? Yeah, I mean, the real thing is, if he's really that special, he might be up really early. Well, A-Rod was up at 19, Cabrera's up at 20. at age 19, so was A-Rod. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's getting way ahead of our... That well, but it's, years from now. but it's also, usually, you kind of think, well, it's good we signed some good people, let's pay attention to two years when they hit rookie ball. My ton is right. different. The, he's got visa things yeah. to work out because even though we knew we were signing him for a year, we couldn't officially do visa stuff until uh, right. July third. So, and he can't he can't play until next year anyway. I mean that's true with all the international signees, right? They will start in the spring, and that's that's when we'll really see them in Braves uniforms and doing stuff. Well, yeah, levels. except that Coppolella was saying they were hoping they were going to get him to the complex by October November. Okay, but I mean, yeah, he'll be working out, and they'll see yeah. him do, but actually playing in competition the idea is he'll start in rookie or a ball next year and then see where it goes from there but that i mean capolella was also saying a 17 year old is not going to play a ball he'll play rookie ball next year yeah but capolella was saying they didn't even want to hold him back that much in extended spring training or instructional league they really wanted to put him in the gulf coast league that's right If if he is that kind of talent yeah go ahead and move him along see what he can do uh, it's also, a lot of other great players signed, too. I don't know anything about them. Right. Um, but by, by everybody who does know about such things, says the Braves had quite a haul on July 2nd. So that's that's pretty exciting. On top of a kind of exciting draft. and uh, Right. Then the other... Oh, yeah, I, I said this is more exciting than the draft, but the draft from a couple weeks before yeah. was, was mighty strong, too. So, uh, And we're already seeing some what some of those kids can do. That's kind of fun. Yeah, so the other... pitchers they drafted are already doing well. Well, yeah, I mean... 
then there's uh, Tyler Nesloni hitting like 500 or whatever. I haven't checked in the last few days, but he's done crazy. The other big news was that the Braves had a very interesting trade with the Dodgers at the end of June. Yeah. Um... So to recap, because it's crazy, the Braves at the time, the trade was Bud Norris, Diane Toscano, and a player to be named later for Caleb Dirks and Phil Pfeiffer, who are both, I mean, high probability, good relief prospects. On the other hand, right. they're relief prospects. Right. But Norris, he's a funny story. He, he had, you know, such a horrible April. The Braves signed him. He was going to be their number two starter. And, um, man, he looked finished. And then all of a sudden, after going to the bullpen, he strung together several excellent starts. And that just shows there's still a premium on starting pitching that Dodgers were willing to pay for him. Um, well, and it's also about, that... about these young pitchers they got, but um, they both appear to be somebody who has, they have major league futures. And it's that the uh, guys they were giving up for a team like the Dodgers, who is, you know, they don't need to worry about cash flow for the foreseeable right. future. And they're also stacked at the major and minor league level. So finding relievers is not going to be their problem. Right. But in the immediate moment, they needed some starting pitching help. And but we got something worthwhile. That's what the Braves last year and this year have been all about, is finding these kind of cast-off veterans like Bud Norris, hoping they perform decently well in a Braves uniform and then flipping them for prospects. And that's just the latest example. Um, you, you can't you cannot evaluate those trades right away because when you once you get back our prospects, you never know until you know sometime in the future whether they paid off or not. But although you as remember good the as Bed Norris had been, he was he didn't figure in yeah, the future. Beyond Toscano, you remember the weird thing brave. about Caleb Dirks, right? No, what is it? Uh, we traded him to the Dodgers like a year ago. Oh, oh, right, he's the same guy they let go last year to the Dodgers. Um, Braves must like something about him. Yeah, well, at Tulsa and the Dodgers system, which the Texas League is hitter-friendly-ish. Um, right. It's not like the Cal League. In 31 innings, he had a sub-3 ERA. He managed to strike out 35 guys and only walk seven. Yeah, I mean, he pitched numbers. well. He's 23 at double-A. Uh, he has not done as well at Mississippi, which is frustrating, but... It's early yet. Yeah, but the thought is he will probably be a good bullpen arm. Right. Um, and it's... And the Braves' philosophy clearly is to accumulate as many arms as you can. We've been talking about all these young starter prospects, but same, I think they've, they're yeah. starting to get a good many of those that could, could be good major league relievers. Some of them are already showing it. And uh, they also signed Omar Infante. I forgot to mention that. Oh, uh, well, that, that one's forgettable. Uh, Wait, hey, if, no, if Chase Darno is hitting well, there's no reason Omar Infante couldn't try and do something. Oh, sure. Anything <laughs> like that can happen. And, and you know, well, I mean, he's have a good there. three weeks, and they'll trade him by July 31st. <laughs> um, now, he's, he's not going to have much value. Uh, Omar... Getting Omar, though, is unlike getting, say, Jeff Francoeur. I never liked Jeff Francoeur as a player. I have a, a fond feeling about Omar and 
I guess it was the 2010 season when the Braves finally made it back to the playoffs after you know three years of yeah. or so of not making it. Omar was a really big contributor that year. He was an all-star that year. He, he was a utility player, but uh, he was he was a good player. Um, Omar is who he is, and now he's several years older, so I don't expect anything out of him. But um, he's a guy I've always kind of liked, so that's all right. Uh, I mean, he has been awful for the past three years. Well, right. Um, but then I again, he's he hit better than Eric Ibar, really, uh, <laughs> so far. That is that is about as low bar as you could set. <laughs> also, I really don't think Infante can even pretend to play shortstop. No, he's not. Hard. He's never that good a shortstop. That he's not going to do that anymore. In related news: the Braves did let go um, Emilio Bonifacio, similar kind of player from the past, utility guy who's not any good. Well, except um, that Infante he, can still play the infield, and it was pretty clear Bonifacio couldn't. I think is. Yeah, I think that's probably right. You know, we have enough flotsam and jetsam that's kind of making their yeah, way in the outfield comes and goes with hard even to keep up with it yeah uh i guess the braves uh all stars or they just have julio no they freddie got in too right oh no I, if, if freddie from got in i missed that news i've been on vacation but, uh, no maybe I he didn't, didn't. Think. i thought i thought julio maybe i usually don't care so much i care I wouldn't care if the Braves were by far the best team in baseball who was an all-star. Right. I'm, I'm the same way. I, 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 when I was a kid, I loved the all-star. I remember it from the 60s when you'd have, you know, Mickey Mantle on one side and Hank Aaron and Willie Mays on the other. And I was a National League fan. and I mean, that, that was fun. And you didn't see that much baseball back then until all of a sudden you got to see all the stars in one place. But I lost interest in the all-star game many years ago when I just – don't follow it much and you know the fact that the winner gets to um have the home field advantage in the world series obviously means nothing <laughs> given the state of the race means nothing to me right now so i just don't yeah care you're much. you're gonna care immensely he's he's had a very good year he's uh, hit a little bump on the road the last couple of weeks and then he's had a tight injury but um man he's he's pitched really well freeman is freeman is as good as he's ever been Freeman had a couple of bad spots along the way, but man, he's had a great first half. His yeah, he his OPS he probably should 900. be, but first base in the National League is crowded. Um, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm you can't shift them to an outfield corner. About it, but I'm just saying those are the only two players that you could even think about. For all-star teams but there, the there is uh, in a way one other All Star going to San Diego. Oh yeah, what's that? Dansby Swanson is in the Futures game this afternoon, I think. Oh right. This mm-hmm. is a team that's got nobody other than Tehran and Freeman that is doing anything that you'd consider star quality. And, I mean, you know, baseball reference always shows you the team leaders and, and wins above replacement. And man, um, Tehran is up there, um, and Freeman is doing you know solidly. He's he's. They don't like his self. defense all that much. But his defense is dragging it down. Offensively, he's still doing enough to be a really solid contributor. I've never liked his defense. I, I've watched him a lot, and I, I just love the way the guy seems also, to Also, it's first-base defense. Right. Yeah, it just doesn't matter that much. Um, he is a bit of a statue over there. I'm, 
you hit a sharp ground ball near him, it's got a good chance of going by. But um, I just don't know how you calculate was, replacement he keeps him level. Out of a dugout. Yeah. If if Freddie Freeman isn't above replacement level defensively, I just don't know how they calculate it. I, I agree with you. I'll, I'll get I'm, over I'm, this I'm, at some point, probably when right. they reveal that they're all crap. Anyway. Yeah. My issues with war. The uh, roster, yeah. uh, there's just nobody who's even contributing still anything much of positive value. You got the two outfielders, Malik Smith and Ender Enciarte, are a positive war numbers, although it's both for their defense. Uh, Ender actually is slightly negative for his offense, but his defense is just, they love it. Well, I actually. Mean, to think, yeah, that's great. I mean. He's been awful offensively. He has been. Oh yeah, I was. I was amazed when I got quick references. He, he was still listed right near the top in the Braves and more, but it's entirely his defense. He's actually in negative territory. In that and the other utter, utter crap being played otherwise. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, that was my main point. You look at the Braves; just don't have anybody who's contributing um, that, at, at anything. Not even all star level of just competent major league. Most of them not even replacement level. That's that goes back to the overall theme. This is a bad team this year. And I, I do wonder. I mean, I've said before that I think that was entirely by design because they didn't have the guys they even thought would come up mid season other than Malik's. Right. So there's no, it's is it better to leave guys down on the farm, sign a bunch of mediocre guys who are in their late 20s early 30s hope they have one more good year in them yeah that was clearly the strategy it's just hard to watch i'm not complaining i think it was probably the right strategy for the long term um they weren't going to win 75 games this year no matter what they did um they got lucky last year win as many as they did they outperformed their pythagorean and they just the, the rebuild i think is progressing but they don't have anybody who's ready to contribute at the major league level much. Mm-hmm. Matt Whistler's an exception. He's 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 doing okay. Uh, I think Malik Smith, I'm sorry he got hurt, but he was contributing in a positive way. But all the rest of their talent is just not quite ready yet, and it's better not to rush it. You and I talked earlier this year how we'd love to see Swanson and Obvious in the, at the middle infield for the Braves this season, but... Mm-hmm. I, it, it, as good as they are, that that's a next season thing, not a Nick this yeah. season thing. So uh, it's just the price we pay <laughs> for this rebuild. On the other hand, I much prefer this to winning eighty-one games with mediocrity for five. Years. Oh yeah, I think it's the right call. I think um, they have got. They, I think most everybody will agree is probably the best farm system in baseball. People, you can quarrel right now, but in terms of the. Like the top one, well, while America just came out with theirs, and they race had six of them. They'll have several more next year with this year's draft class and the international side. Is they probably yeah. Also, make in a way, who cares if you're top, the top or top five, really? Right. Yeah. Oh, you're right. I mean, that that's subjective. But as long as you're every year in the conversation is having one of the best farm systems around, that's what you want. And the Braves are clearly there now, and it's getting even better. And it, On the other hand, a lot of them are a long way away, inconsistent. <laughs> so that, that was your point earlier. The Braves don't have a bunch of major league ready prospects that they can just plug in and all of a sudden they're better. That It's still going to take a little while. 
we've seen that with the pitchers. They got so many good young pitchers, but man, they are so inconsistent. Um, I mean, I think I haven't given up on Aaron Blair, for example. I think he might be a good pitcher. He might not, but you just have to go through what they're going through. Fulton Devich, talk about inconsistent. Um, he might yet be good. But even if the guys, the, the next step, um, Sims and Newcomb, you know, potential aces, you couldn't just call them. No, no. They are, they are struggling at double A and triple A. Um, I, I, they may yet be really good, but they're just not ready yet. And, and what's even more interesting about that is you've got to find rotation spots for all these guys. And even though you have now five minor league teams going, it's actually different. Yeah. So, so in, so what we've got is, um, what's his name and Lucas Harrell filling rotation spots for the, for the major league team. And again, it's kind of frustrating. Lucas Harrell has pitched great. You mean De La Cruz? Is that what I said? Yeah. You said that guy. Yeah, that guy. That's the one I mean. <laughs> um, I couldn't remember his first name. De La Cruz. It's, it's not Jose. It's... Joel? Oh, well, yes. That's his name. But, well, but it's... No. The, the point is, guys like that, Lucas Harrell, you know, pitched really well for a couple of starts. Uh, I hope he does it a couple more and they trade him. Um but that's it's first that's that's part of my frustration. I'd like to see the young players and the young pitchers. On the other hand, I don't want to see Lucas Sims or Sean Newcomb on the major league roster right now because they don't seem to know how to find the plate, and when they do, they get crushed. Uh, they got to whatever it is, they got to work out before they get caught. Uh, we're stuck with with those kinds of guys. The fun thing is, each of those guys has pitched really well since they at least shown flashes. So. That's what makes the major league team actually a little better right now. Some of the retreads are doing better, and now they have Gordon Beckham back. <laughs> so yeah, I I'm gonna say the Beckham thing makes me think that the Braves should focus even more on native Georgians because somehow they do better for us. Yeah. Than other, I mean JD Drew for Christ's sakes. Uh, oh right. Um. I, I Tyler do also. Flowers has, has played well for. The yeah, Braves, Tyler Flowers. Way. Yeah. I don't. I don't really know. I guess there's got to be an ability to look up current major leaguers from the state of Georgia, but on <laughs> baseball, so that can't be easy. I'm sure there is. There's probably a search function that'll generate that. But, but it's probably guys that I've never heard of who are in the back end of like. Seattle okay, Twitter. let's get Buster Posey. How's that? Right, and then I was going to say, and the guys I do know, we're never getting. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't. I think his contract goes on for like five more years. Oh yeah, but, but Buster. Uniform, unfortunately. Yeah. If it was still the Turner era of the 70s and 80s, uh, probably get Buster after he like hurt his knee at the age of 35. Right. They did that with Ted Simmons. That's true. Kind of yeah. not quite the same kind of player. Buster's better defensively, but. Right. Simmons was a great hitter, or a really, really good hitter for a catcher. I'll put it yeah. that way. But uh, no, the way. Did we ever think that the Major League roster was going to be good this year? No, no. You and I, I think we're we're on the record, and people can go back and listen. I think we've been consistent, haven't we? We, we knew this year wasn't good. The only question is, how's, how long is the rebuild going to take before they get good? And it's a matter of how these prospects develop. Um, I mean, we've often 
frustrating is to watch the team, but that's because we know they're just they're not very good, and the players that that you're watching are not really for the Braves' future. So that's why I got so excited when they called up Malik Smith, and then after a slow start, he started to play pretty well. That was fun to watch. It's why I get excited when Matt Whistler is pitching, or even when Fulton Evich is pitching, and I don't get it when Lucas Harrell or Joel De La Cruz is pitching. Um, well, but that's. I mean, I actually think that the Braves aren't that far away from a competitive team. Well, that's that's the big question. Let's let's talk about that. Um, the problem is, it's going to take several of the prospects to become good pretty quickly at the major league level for the Braves to be competitive in a couple of years. And what do you think the odds of that are? Next year is... Well, no. Here's how I'm thinking right? about it. Dansby and Ozzy are up next year. I don't know if it's... Yeah, they are the keystone combat <laughs> to open in the new park, I see. Unless they hold them off for, you know, time purposes. Um, I hope not. I mean, if they're ready to play, let them play. Start the new bar park with... Um, those guys in the lineup. Uh, so, the other but, questions but, then. But the, let's, before we leave them, though, yeah, I hope they're up. I hope they have great springs. I hope they, you know, hope they finish this season strong and we everybody feels like, okay, let's give them their shot at the major league level. That didn't mean they're going to be all-stars right off the bat. Both um, of them this year, you know, they were tearing it up at the level where they started, Ozzy at double-A and Dansby at A. And so they both got promoted, and they both really slowed down after the promotion. That's normal, nothing wrong with that. But, you know, when you go to the major leagues, most people have an adjustment period. So we, we should not expect them to be stars right off the bat. I don't I even do, need them but, to be stars, though. I just think that yeah. if they're kind of competent... <laughs> be better than Eric Ibar. Yeah. If they're competent defensively and holding their own offensively, yeah. that's, that's pretty solid. Um, well, also, might very well be. Dansby Swanson, and let me repeat this again, probably the best pitcher's park in the minor leagues. Yeah. Um, and maybe if I say it enough, one of our five listeners will go and figure this out, because I, I don't yeah. have the skills. Uh, is hitting 269, 350, 414, and 257 plate yeah. appearances. That's not bad. Even better. Look at, I mean, it's true that Ozzy struggled at AAA, but look at the numbers he's put up mm-hmm. in double-A. They are, and for a 19-year-old, they are superstar caliber. I mean, the guy's hitting close to 400 at double-A. He's slugging close to 500, I think, doing a top uh, top over. head. Over. Um, my goodness, for a 19-year-old at double-A in a great pitcher's park? Yeah. But, but my point is, when they put him up to triple-A, he struggled. Yeah. Um, you put him up to the major leagues, he'll struggle for a little while, probably. On but the they also hand, I mean, twenty next year. He's matured more. He, if he's a real star, he could be really good at twenty. Is it weird for league. me to think that him going to second is going to help him offensively? No, I think that's probably okay. it's a less demanding position. Most everybody agrees, right? So, may, and I don't know. He had a lot of errors this year at short, and right. I don't know of what kind exactly. But you know. The shorter he's throw means you're less likely to rush. moved to second. Now, I don't know if that's just because there's fewer chances. I haven't looked at his fielding percentage. But the Braves clearly decided and was their better bet at shortstop for their future. And I think it's because Ozzie was a little bit erratic over there. Uh, and if that's the decision they make, you have to trust that. But 
they had to make the decision one way or the other because both those guys have got to play, and one's going to play short in one second. So if that's the way they're going, sounds good to me. I, I think that there's a great chance they go up to Gwinnett in the next month or two. Oh, I've been assuming that. Um, let them play together at Double A. But the way that Ozzy's tearing it up at Double A and Dansby's heating back up after slowing down, um, let them play together at Triple A and see what happens for another month or so um, at some point, and then call them both up in September, right? You assume um, that's the plan? I don't know about well, September. Oh, I thought you, you just let them get some at bats at the major league level, even if they're not the regulars, just to be on the major league roster and see how it goes. Well, you'd have Why to not? put them on the 40, man. Oh, right. I don't, I don't know who else they, they're protecting on the 40-man. They might. I mean, I, I need to look up the Braves' 40-man roster. But yeah. I don't think either of them are. And so that's... The cover call-ups like that don't affect service time, or do they? Uh, I think they do. To. If but... that's the case, then you don't want to cost yourself a season down the line of... But the other thing is, uh, I'm actually getting more and more confident that we will have an outfield that's not a total disaster. Yeah, let's, what about the other prospects? I assume you're saying that because of Malik's first, but I bet you're mm-hmm. thinking about Dustin Peterson. Boy, am right? I. Oh, yeah. With the same idea of these are, you know, guys playing in the... If I really do think yeah. this is the toughest pitcher's park... Well, yeah, Peterson has put together a this solid season. I mean, he's, he's, he just seems to really... Also, a really as exciting as the fact that Tyler Nesloni is um, hitting everything near him in yeah. a very short time after the draft, he's still... Dustin Peterson is younger than Tyler Nesloni. Right. Um, you always have to think about that. That's why I've sort of discounted Nesloni. Yeah, he's tearing up rookie ball, but, you know, he's you know college guy. February 94 uh, for Nesloni, September 94 for Peterson. So they're okay. basically the same age, but uh-huh. you know, Peterson spent the last several years in the minor leagues while Nesloni's a college ball. I'm not sure how that factors into their development. Um, well, I, I think Peterson that, missed a lot of year, a lot of time last year due to the bus crash for yeah. the Carolina team. And then he apparently didn't recover well, but he's, he's been a pleasant surprise this year. He may yet turn out, sooner rather than later to be a solid major league outfielder well and you've got a guy who a chance anyway has hit a lot of doubles uh-huh. um and, and in a way i'd rather see that than someone who might just be able to turn on a fastball over the middle right and get a few home runs as weird as that sounds but the idea that he's really swinging well and getting a double out of it right just because you can hit the ball over the fence doesn't mean you're going to be a good major league hitter, right? you got to be able to hit balls mm-hmm. that aren't right down the leagues. And so, yeah, that's that's a big part of it. Uh, the other thing is he's probably improving, and he's always had right. sort of better scouting reports than numbers. I, I also just think, I mean, you can't hope for Maiton for a few years, but I think what's kind of good is that there are outfield options start dealing with the teenagers in the outfield you can get really excited what's his name has been hurt lately Acuna there at, at Rome yeah everybody loves his skills and he was off to a great start um, but then you got you got the last year signees um, Izzy Wilson man that guy apparently has as good a tools as the scouts ever see 
who knows about those guys, but at least they're, they're the guys who have real great upside potential. Well, and um, I, I mean, it's not super exciting, but like Ray Patrick Ditter. Yeah. You know, he's only hitting he's 266, but he's walking a lot. There's a guy who could turn into something. Right. Uh, you know. Braxton Davidson's been a bit of a disappointment. Well, yeah, Not a I don't think he's good. A big disappointment. Um, he may yet turn it around. He was just drafted. You know, um, he was the number one pick just a couple of years ago. Uh, so he's still very young, and it was sort of an aggressive move to put him at, at uh, high A at Carolina. He just he still walks a lot. He's starting to hit a few home runs, but man, he strikes out a lot. Yeah, I'm over him. Uh, you're probably right. Maybe we just didn't even think about him as a. But the other thing young. is, yeah, that you know these are. It's a lot like the pitchers thing. Yeah. In that, if you don't, I mean, my ton for a 16 year old, I feel really good about, and I'm coming around on Peterson. But yeah. You know, let's say that Ender turns into a decent major league hitter again. Malik's blooms like he should. You only need two or three to fill out your roster. The, pro- the problem with Ender and Malik's is they're essentially the same player, and I'm not sure you want them both in the same outfield. I mean, if that's what you've got to work with. No, I'd, okay. I'd much rather Ender starts hitting 300 for the rest of the year and we trade him for a more major league ready catcher over the offseason. Exactly. But that, that's kind of the idea. He, he probably will have a fair amount of trade value if he has a solid second half offensively. Uh, there are teams that would love to have him, and I really like the guy as a player, but he's never going to be that good a major league hitter. He never has been, actually. Almost almost all of his great value since he's been in the major leagues has been due to his defense. This year, his offense is terrible. The last couple of years, his offense was okay. <laughs> if he can get back to okay offensively, um, he'll he'll have trade value. I, I wouldn't mind keeping him, as I say, except that he and Malik Smith, in, in a way, they're superfluous. I'm not sure you want them both. Um, you'd rather have somebody with some pop out there. Although, by the way, speaking of the major league roster, all of a sudden they found a right fielder who could hit home runs this week. Yeah, I, Nick Marquez has three home runs in two games. Yeah, I don't really understand Nick Marquez <laughs> That's at a joke, all anymore. Of course. Um, got, my gosh, he is uh, because down. he'll hit another home run the rest of the way. As, as much as he uh, knows it doesn't matter, right? As much as people who uh, comment about the Braves on the internet hate Nick Marquez. I don't love yeah. the guy, but he's clearly still sort of like a tolerable major league outfielder. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's um, just, it's so weird. I can't figure him out anymore. He, he's just not, he is, he walks a good bit and he's capable of hitting for a decent average so that he's going to have an on-base percentage that is something you feel pretty good about with very little power. You know, he had a bunch of doubles in April. And now all of a sudden he hit it, some home runs this week with with some power. Yeah, he went to. Yeah, he's a pretty good offensive player. My problem with him is he I went to the south side of Chicago really and hit homers. Good. I mean, come on. Right, that's true. Not to be yeah, a, I don't, a jerk it's, about it's kind it, of a fluke. He he doesn't have a whole lot of power left. He's not part of it. We're talking about outfielders. He's not part of their future now. He's actually under contract for the next two years after this one. So he may we may still be seeing him, but. But that also I'm, makes it much more easy to move. Nick Braves competitive team. He's not one of their outfielders, right? That, that's that's right. That's yeah. our point. Not and at all. They're still two or three years away from having outfielders coming up through their system that you feel good about. 
I mean, maybe Peterson as early as next year, but other than that, the rest of them are still, I mean, they're teenagers. That's, that's what you're dealing with. Well, and you hope that maybe Nesloni's um, well, will pull off to hitting 300. He's a 22-year-old college player. Yeah. I mean, he could be in the major leagues sooner rather than later if he's really pretty good. And if he hits for a decent average uh, without, you know, swinging at everything with moderate power... That's a guy you can use on an outfield corner. Right. Maybe you platoon him. You have to find a righty. But apparently Jeffrey and Core likes being yeah. around our clubhouse. Yeah. Um, they like having him. Um, whatever. Brett Cumberland could turn out to be an okay hitting outfielder. We'd love him to stick at catcher. And part of the problem is he apparently hasn't hit anything since he's no, he in British uniform. And so that's disturbing right off the bat. And if he's that's not hitting and uh kind of mediocre catcher behind the plate. He's probably moving to the outfield very soon. Yeah. Um, but it's way too early to know whether he's going to be able to hit professional pitching. All the scouting reports coming out of playing in a tough league at college level where this guy seemed like they really going to be able to hit. So I'll, I'll assume that's true and until another year or so proves it otherwise. But even with him, who is the college guy who could move fast... It's yeah. two or three years. Right, right. Um, Whereas... I, I did want to do something before we wrap up. That, but there's one other guy, of course, that I think they may be counting on for next year, and that's Ruiz at third base. Uh, so that's kind of exciting, actually, yeah. I think, that you've got first sure. base cover. We talked about Ozzy and Dansby up the middle. If Ruiz is ready... That, that's kind of exciting because that's, that's the team of the future. Now, whether Ruiz is really going to be a solid major league player at third base is still an open question, but he's had a doggone good year, actually, at AAA for a guy who is, you know, one of the very youngest people in the league. Um, so uh, he, he's got potential, don't you think? Yeah, but I also think that, uh, you know, he might have some growing pains when he comes up. So it's that question of when will they be good? Don't expect them all of a sudden to be in competition, probably even to play 500 ball, but at least you're heading in the right direction. Well, and there is a a theory under which the Braves Uh, are competitive next year at a level that we'd appreciate, you know, maybe in the hunt for the wild card, which is Dansby and Ozzy come up, and like a realistic one. Dansby and Ozzy come up and play competently and right. contribute value. It's possible. It's they certainly could, yeah. As does Rio Ruiz. I think that almost has to happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They Otherwise patch they together yeah. uh, left field. I would prefer Malik's in center and Ender in right, but however you want to put those guys, yeah. you figure out a corner. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And Freddie hits well. Tyler Flowers might say, and the big one is the young pitchers turn out to be pretty good next year. That is the key. If If... if several of the young pitchers all of a sudden are good at the major league level next year. Yeah, they could be competitive. And, and none of those uh, things are impossible. But well, to all you know me, come together. I, I, I always look at the long-term Braves history. That, that is mm-hmm. what happened in 91. All of a sudden, the young pitchers um, got good at the same time. And that was fun to watch. Uh, and it could happen. We, we've talked about 91 a lot. Yeah, and what? But I was looking at stuff and thinking about uh, where to go back in history to wrap this up, and I realized 
that 91 wasn't actually when the prospects came. The young pitchers were already there. Right. They, you know, signed Sid Bream and Raphael Belliard. And, and Terry Pendleton. And most significantly, Terry Pendleton, who really worked out much right. better than those other two. But so I, I was right. trying to think about when prospects came. So I, I want to talk with you for a bit to wrap up this podcast about the 1993 Richmond Braves. Oh, okay. Well, that's fun. Because, yeah, you know, it's true. The Braves offensively in 91 and 92 weren't that good. They, they did they have awful. a couple of good young players, by the way. They had Gant and Justice primarily. Yeah. Um, they had Blouser and Lemke they had already called up as fairly young guys from their own system. But, but the, the guys that made the Braves really strong through that whole decade of the 90s um, – we're not up yet, right? That's what you're getting no, at. So Who was on the roster of the 93 Richmond Braves? Uh, so Chipper got the most played appearances of, on that team as a yeah. 21-year-old. He hit 325 with a 387 on base and a 500 slug. He was 21 and 93? He hit 12 triples. Yeah. Uh, remembering he could run. You know, at what age can you expect you know guys who are generational talents to come up? Chipper was a little bit old when he got started. In some so that's ways, he, he, was, injured. he came up as a shortstop. He was, was he playing third base by then, or was he still playing uh, with Richmond in 93? I think he was a shortstop. Yes, he was, was a shortstop. Was he still playing shortstop? But he, he got... was still playing shortstop, but, but he was pretty obviously not going to be a shortstop at the major league level because of his defense. Never getting every chance. And then um, he injured his leg in 94 spring training. Yeah, 94, he had made... He was going to be in the starting lineup on opening day as a left fielder because Pendleton had third base block. Um, and so Chipper's a great athlete, at least that young. And so they, they made him their left fielder. And he blew out his ACL late in spring training of 94, so he sat out the whole season. So it wasn't until 95. But he so he was ready year. as a 22-year-old. He didn't start playing until he was 23. And honestly, hitting 325 at AAA as a 21-year-old, he was probably ready at 21. He could have played at the major leagues at that level and done really well. The Braves were... I mean, hell, they won over 100 games at the major league level and all, so... Right, they were, they were fine okay. in 93. Um, yeah. The, uh, so who else was on that? Other notable names uh, that sort of are fond memories. Javi had uh, 100 games as a 22-year-old catcher and hit 305, uh, but he only walked 12 times because Javi... Yeah. Uh, that's just what he Still. did. Javi Lopez, you know, he was one of the best hitting catchers of his generation. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he, he, I guess he came up the next year, and mm-hmm. he was he was their starting catcher for many years after that. And then uh, Ryan he was, Klesko, he was just twenty two that year. Yeah, Ryan yeah, Klesko, Klesko was also twenty two, and uh, he hit two seventy four with a three sixty one on base and a five nineteen slugging because oh he goodness. led that team in homers. So. so. He's, he's slugging nearly 900 there at AAA. He's a 21-year-old, did you say? 22-year-old. Uh, uh, Melvin Nieves was 21 on yeah. that team, and as we've discussed before, uh, brought back Fred McGriff that season. <laughs> right. Um, the other interesting names, Mike Kelly, Tony Tarasco, and Keith Mitchell. Yeah. And I turn um, it over to you. <laughs> Mike Kelly never worked out the way everybody thought he would. Neither did Tony Tarasco. Um, 
No, Carrasco actually played in the major leagues for several years yeah. uh, with the Braves. In um, 414 plate um, appearances at I mean, Richmond that year, Tony Tarasco hit 330. He hit better than Chipper Jones from an average standpoint. Um, he, his on base was one point higher, and his I, slugging I, I was 30 points. I lost your sound on that. Tell me what his line was again that year. 330 batting average, 388 on base, 530 slugging. Man, what, what a team that was. Yeah. Um, that That is a bunch of guys in their early 20s that were ready for major league and, and it turned out that way either they came up with the Braves and contributed for a decade or the Braves traded them for some real value to other teams um you know that's a farm system that is really producing and i guess you can thank bobby cox for that um you know the the pitchers that come up earlier you're right they, they were several years older than those guys mm-hmm. at that point when I'm, I'm talking about avery and glavin and smoltz Actually, Avery's not any older than those guys. He just got, got it so he just didn't last as long. Very early. Um, but then Glavin and Smoltz. Um, and don't forget, you know, they had Kent Merker and um, and Mike Stanton. Well, and, the, it was really and solid. the best pitcher on the 93 Richmond Braves in terms of major league career was Mark Woolers. Like, by far. Who was? Mark Woolers. Oh, Woolers. Yeah, well, he turned out to be an excellent major league pitcher for... Excluding um, one horrific on slider. <laughs> Later on. Wow. Um, but, like, the, the know, starting rotation for that 93. Think about that team, though. Team. They've got, think about the franchise in 1993. Now, that's what you want. You've got a major league team that has the best record in baseball, um, hitting on all cylinders. Um, you've got a triple-A team that's got all those stars coming along. And what did that lead to? It led to more than enough decade of winning the division every year. Um, that's what that's what you want to have in a franchise. <laughs> in, in an actual world, that's what you're building toward. And that's that's what every team wants, I guess. But yeah, um, well, the and... Braves are a long way away from having a major league team like that. Um, but it may be, with all of these great draft picks and international signees, we might be not that far away from having a lot of really good prospects at the upper minor leagues in another two or three years. If you can get to that point, that's what you want. Yeah, I mean, obviously. Uh, but the other thing that's sort of telling about that is there were three really great players. And sorry for this abrupt change of pace, but at that point, my father's phone connection went out. And so we are going to have to leave it right there. So I'll do it for this week's Channel 17 podcast. If you like what you've heard and if you've lasted this long and are still paying attention through all of that, I assume you have, please subscribe to this podcast and leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher. And also search on those platforms for the Productive Leisure Network to find all of the Productive Leisure Network podcasts, including the What Happened Today podcast a daily history podcast that tells you what happened on this day in history. You can also find all of our episodes on our website, ProductiveLeisureNetwork.com. You can follow us for updates on Twitter, at ProdLeisure. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.